When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey everyone, welcome to Pop Culture Confidential, a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining me. So the film Mass, a pretty stunning directorial and screenwriting debut from Fran Krantz, stayed with me for many months since I first saw it at Sundance. The incredible performances, the themes of forgiveness and compassion, I've been thinking about it a lot. The film centers around a meeting in a church hall between two couples dealing with horrible tragedy in different ways. My guest this week, Reed Burney, plays Richard. He and his ex-wife, Linda, played by Anne Dowd, carry the devastating guilt of being parents of a killer, a school shooter, and Jay and Gail, Jason Isaacs, and Martha Plimpton are parents to one of his victims. Reed Burney's performance in Mass recently earned him a Gotham Award nomination. He previously has a Tony Award for his performance in The Humans on Broadway. We know him from House of Cards, where he played Vice President Donald Blythe. He was in The Blacklist, The Americans, and much more. It was quite moving for me to talk to Reed Burney about the film, how they prepared, and those difficult subjects at its center, grief, forgiveness, and surviving the worst. And we also talked about career momentum, not only for Reed Burney, but for his whole family. So here's my conversation. But first, here's Mass. How many people are coming? There'll be four of them. Richard, Linda, this is Jay and Gail Perry. Thank you for agreeing to meet us. You're welcome. I'm going to leave you alone. Let me know if you need anything. You say you want to heal. Is this how? We're not here to attack you. And we promise that. We want to know how this happened. We need your help with that. I'm willing to help. When you talk about blame on your part, I want to know what you're referring to. It's very hard to answer. Well, please try. It's not just one thing. Tell me about your son. What would you like to know? Everything. I want to know everything. Why? Why do I want to know about your son? Because he killed mine. It's not our fault, Richard. No, no! Mr. Bernie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Please call me Reed. And thank you for this very powerful film and congratulations on your Gotham nomination recently. Thank you. It it's, was completely unexpected. I was flabbergasted and very, very honored. 
Well, well deserved. Um, I wasn't thinking of going this far back in your biography before we start, but I noted that you were um, come from Alexandria, Virginia, where I was born as well. Is that right? I, yes. yes, I was born there. We lived uh, in my folks lived in Washington um, until I was about nine months old, and then we moved to um, to Delaware. And I think the hospital I was born in has been torn down. So I lived in an area called Park Fairfax. Um, That's where we live. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. And That's my dad it. and family now live in Maryland. So so they've moved okay. from there, but close. <laughs> yeah, my my that was where my parents first lived when they were married in Park Fairfax. That's so <laughs> funny. Isn't that? That's so great. So I've never had an interview with anyone where I saw it, So I just had to bring that up because that's so funny. And it I turned out that. to be Park Fairfax as well. That's great. Exactly. And exactly. now we're both far from there. <laughs> yes, we are. But the film mass has not let me go. Uh, as a parent, as a viewer, Mr. Krantz wrote this part specifically for you. Why were you his Richard? Uh, he knew me as an actor in New York in the theater. And um, I think he admired me and I admired him. He's a fantastic actor. Um, and so we knew each other sort of socially. And I think he thought um, that I had all the right sort of check boxes for Richard that um, certainly as a wasp, um, I understand the sort of wasp culture and the wasp um, hesitancy to indulge one's feelings and to perhaps uh, explore one's feelings too deeply. Um, I think it comes from the old Puritan worth ethic, ethic of just, you know, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you don't dwell on the bad things and you just keep going. And in Richard's case, that has become uh, sort of a fatal flaw. As opposed to the other three, where is he in his grieving process? Well, I think he's in complete denial about it. He is, he is desperately trying to hang on to um, any kind of shred of life that he had before the school shooting. Um, and so if that means you don't stay married to your wife, and if that means you can't look at... Uh, maybe your own personal responsibility in a person in a deep way, then that that's okay because uh, I can, I can go, he's moved away from the town. He's really trying to hang on. The biggest nightmare for him is to be examined and parsed over and written about. And since the thing happened six years earlier, that's all that's happened to him. So I think he's quite wounded and broken from all of that and really trying to forge ahead. When you got the script, what frightened you about this project? I was mostly, it wasn't frightened as much as it was excited and thrilled uh, because it's, the script was so beautiful and so finished. I, I felt like I was reading a, a classic American play or screenplay. Um, and the fact that Fran Kranz had never written anything before is mind-boggling. Um, so uh, we were, all of us, all Martha Plimpton and Jason Isaacs and Ann Dowd and I, were so thrilled to have an opportunity as rare and fine as this to get to play parts like this that really, really go to a deep, deep place. It doesn't always happen, especially in film. So I was pretty excited. I wasn't, I wasn't scared. There were challenges, you know, there was a lot of work to do in two weeks. 
really only eight days sitting around the table itself. Um, you know, that was a little scary, but we all are from the theater and we all know how to sustain things. There were sometimes 20 minute takes, which was uh, crazy, but it was really fun. Yeah, because it's bare bones. It's dialogue driven. It's one location. It's an incredible amount of, of dialogue. How, how was a day after filming look like for you? Were you emotionally drained? No, when something as good as this, it actually feeds you. It mm-hmm. nourishes you as an artist and as an actor. And so we, yes, it was challenging and it was very intense to sit around the table and, you know, to have these long days. But it was... Um, it was honestly thrilling. We would shoot 10 pages a day and we had to stop when the sun went down because then we couldn't have the light outside the window. So we knew at five o'clock we would be done. And then we would uh, go out to dinner together and then go back to one of our hotel rooms and run lines for the next day. So in a very real way, it was like the greatest actor camp in the world. And you were mentioning that you didn't have a lot of time. Did you do any research? I did a little bit of research. We had rehearsed for two and a half days in New York, three weeks before we went to Idaho to film the the movie. So we had a a great sense of who each other was that we could percolate for for those three weeks. I read Peter Lanza's beautiful essay from the New Yorker about being the father of Adam Lanza and the new town shooter. So um, that was incredibly helpful um, because there aren't a lot of articles about the father's point of view uh, in this situation. Sue Klebold wrote a beautiful book uh, and some of the other mothers have, but the fathers seem to have remained silent. What did you learn from that? Well, just the, the terrible confusion of looking back and worrying about, did I miss this? He seemed so normal. And then he seemed slightly troubled, but no more troubled than anybody else. And, you know, just the, the terrible self-recrimination and, and um, shame and uh, guilt and sort of rage at, at this. He had already separated from his wife when um, Adam shot everybody. So it was slightly different in our case, even though it's not in the script. Um, and Dowd and I really believe that we were together until this happened and then mm-hmm. the marriage failed afterwards. I think that's a pretty, yeah, I think that happens a lot. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that happens. You were mentioning guilt. And as a parent, Richard, there's so many levels here because there's guilt as how he was as a parent, if he potentially did something wrong, then there's guilt towards what his son actually did. So, you know, um, what did you personally learn about guilt? Well, that it's deadly. Mm-hmm. You know, it really, um, Richard's whole state of being, the guilt and the shame and the isolation he feels, which mirrors the isolation our son Hayden felt, um, is really lethal uh, if it's not dealt with and addressed. That's what I learned. And, and we made it in November of 19 before the world ended. And I, amazingly, it, it resonates even greater now, I think, oh, because yeah. we're all so isolated and worried.
and, and unable to sort of picture the future the way I think Richard is unable to really conceive of the future. It's, you know, because he has no touchstones anymore. He has no um, solid footing. Yeah, I was thinking about that a lot. Something that, you know, we've talked about a lot in many areas of the world today, and that's compassion. To in, in Richard's case, I guess I raised a murderer is something he yeah. must think about all the time. How have you thought about compassion after this, after really delving into someone who may need compassion more than anyone else? Um, you know, I would say compassion and forgiveness, which I think yes. are, are two huge uh, topics in the movie. I think um, we all have something that we need to be give, forgiven for. And we all have people that we need to forgive. And I know that it's incredibly important and incredibly difficult to, you know, when you, when you get in your head as these parents for, these four parents are, when you get in your head about what you can and cannot do and who you can and cannot forgive and show compassion to, and they don't deserve it. And if Martha Plimpton's character says, I was worried that if I forgave you, us, I would lose my child. And, and, and she comes to a place where she is able to. And I think if, if nothing else, it's just a, an opportunity to see how powerful compassion and forgiveness are, even if we can't do it ourselves. But it's a, a, a gentle nudge towards being able to. That makes sense. No, absolutely. And Richard, I remember thinking he probably won't change after the, these this this meeting that he has, but he does have a moment of complete uh, catharsis or whatever you want to call it. Um, did did that surprise you reading in the script? Sort of what he comes to. I was so grateful for it. Yeah. Because Richard really is the most tragic character in the movie because he doesn't take advantage of this opportunity to look at his feelings. And so he leaves unchanged and I find him so tragic um, that he's condemned to this life of despair and confusion. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I think I, I, I understood um, just how important that, that is for me to set the bar high to if I can somehow or other find a way to forgive the people I need to forgive. Have you worked with these three before? It just no, seems like, no, there was completely no. new. I knew Martha a little bit uh, and I'd never met Jason or Anne, but um, uh, I knew Fran. And uh, in that two and a half days of rehearsal, we bonded very, very quickly because we all knew we had a beautiful, important task to do that was going to require some real trust and vulnerability. And so um, we went there pretty quickly. Actors like to do that. Actors mm -hmm. like to, you know, take advantage of that. Um, you know. But this was really asking something huge of us, which was great. You know, we don't always get asked big things as actors. Now, this film is, is not political about human emotion and such, but I can't stop thinking the fact that school shootings have become such a part of all our culture now is just I don't even know how to it's absurd it really is and did it give you any perspective on 
the news that one reads almost every week about this happening somewhere. Yes, of course. I, I know that whenever one of these things happen, the first thing I inevitably think of is how are those poor parents going to survive? And so having this opportunity to examine that for myself was um, fantastic. I mean, obviously we weren't really parents of a school shooter and we can't really know the depth of their despair, but um, it was incredibly gratifying to be able to look at that in such a, a big, beautiful way. How do they survive? Well, the thing that I think is, is the, the take, one of the takeaways for me about Mass is that these are ordinary people, just ordinary people in the middle of an extraordinary circumstance. And they survive, they move forward, they find a way. And that I think is incredibly life-affirming for, for us as an audience member and for us as actors too, that when we are called on, if we are brave and want to, we can survive. People are capable of enormous, um, huge things. And we, we see these things and we think, I, I would never be able to survive that. And somehow or other people do when they want to. And, and Martha's character says that. She says, I need, to, I need to forgive because I can't live like this anymore. Hopefully this will really bring up a discussion as to how we're, we see things in culture and about things like compassion and forgiveness. Because, yes, I, I, mean, I sure hope so. The fact that people have responded to the, to the movie in such a profound, beautiful, beautiful way uh, is in, incredibly encouraging and gratifying to me that, that people are touched in exactly the right way. I want to take our last few minutes to, to just sort of switch gears a little bit. Broadway, which you are huge in, and the film industry, of course, taken a huge hit during the pandemic. For me, your house of cards, you have this incredible um, career, Tony for the humans and this. I didn't really realize, but I heard you talk about that you really are a late in life success story. Yes. But for 35 years, you had some struggle in your career, struggle getting work as many actors do. Um, but how did you deal with that? And what would you say to young actors and film workers struggling today? Well, I, I, I actually did work um, pretty consistently. I went twice for one year without any work. And one of those years I had no auditions. So that was an especially rough time. Mm. What I wasn't able to do was get any momentum or any traction. It felt like I was just sort of stuck going from job to job. And um, what I would say is, you know, perseverance is the name of the game. If you, if you really believe and know that you are an actor and an artist, then that's what you are, this go round. And you need to have faith that you're doing the right thing. And that doesn't mean that you're going to win a Tony and it doesn't mean you're going to become a movie star and it doesn't mean a lot of things, but it, it, it's important for you to know you're not making a mistake with your life. And that's what I've been through. 
and and where would you want this career to take you now that you have this incredible momentum for years now i ha i have you know it uh, and for the last since 2008 things have really been terrific and um i i would love to continue exploring the film and television world um there's so many beautiful stories being told that i would love to do and um i, I you know cross my fingers that 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 can happen. But I'm, I'm, uh, I honestly feel like if I never made another movie again, I made mass. And oh, right. um, I'm so incredibly proud of that. It's, it's exactly the kind of project and, and role that I became an actor to do. And I feel like I did it. And so moving forward, I feel like almost everything is gravy after this. That's certainly true. But will you? We see you on Broadway. Do you have any roles you can talk about, or is everything? I uh, I did a play this past summer, a two-hander, meaning a two-character play, with my son, with our son, who's twenty-five, and it was a huge success. We did it in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, in the Berkshires, and he is so so fantastic in this play, um, and it was a critic's pick in the New York Times, and we're hoping to get it into New York at some point. I don't well, think he has he, two pretty incredible parents. I have he, to say, he, if it's okay yes. for me to mention that. Yes, I would love for you to mention Constance my wife, Shulman, Connie who, Shulman, and our and his sister Gus Augusta um, is having a beautiful career too. So um, it's a family of, of showbiz. Connie Shulman was Yoga Jones was her name, right? Yoga Jamie Jones on Orange yeah, is the or, New Black. New Black. Oh, she's so great. So she's so great. And for people of a certain age. She was Patty Mayonnaise on the cartoon Doug. Yes. And that um, you mentioned that to the people that watch Doug, they start to cry when I say that I'm no. Patty Mayonnaise. So, and, yeah. and what is your daughter also? A yes, Gus. Um, she's uh, just finished a series in California with Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear called Shining Veil. That's oh, going to wow. be on the Stars Network. It's her third television series. Just made a movie uh, in Connecticut. So she's doing very, very well. That's so fun to hear that all of you are now like, as yeah. you would say, using your word, have momentum, right. <laughs> which is That's what you right. want for your children, right? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Reed, thank you so much. I so appreciate this. And again, this movie um, really affected me and I'm, I'm sure it will affect so many. And I really it's a, wish it's it a success. beautiful life-affirming movie that I am I hope everybody gets a chance to see and I have to say I'm very impressed that this is his first you know go around I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does next me right. too I just hope I'm in it yes he chose well he chose wisely <laughs> he'll continue thank you Christina thank you. I really day. appreciate it thank you all the best Thank you so much to Reed Burney. Mass is out in theaters in the U.S. and look for it in different territories and festivals around Europe. In Stockholm, it will be at the Stockholm International Film Festival next week. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. And rate and review the show. It really helps others to find us. Thank you. See you next time. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist Podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you?
Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.